0: Hi, my name is Peter, and on behalf of myself and fellow Librarian, also Peter, I would like to introduce you to the first ever episode of Brentwood Stories, a podcast where we explore the rich history of Brentwood to our shared memories and the fascinating people and places that surround us. If you're listening to this when it is first released, you no doubt know that we are reaching out to you in what is now, for better or for worse, another historical time in Brentwood's history circumstances being as such, I will be introducing this podcast safe from my home and without the help of my comrade and host, Peter. I would also like to say, on behalf of myself, Peter, and the Brentwood Library, to those who are listening, we hope you are well, we hope you are healthy, and we look forward to seeing you all again soon. I thought it would be fun to start this podcast by sharing with you amusing or reflective thoughts that was one shared with me when I listened to another historical podcast, one run by a man by the name of Dan Carlin. And that question is this. What is a monument? Now, this question might seem deceptively simple to answer. One can simply go to Washington, D.C., for example, go to a random street corner there and be able to point out any number of monuments. These well-thought-out, well-designed pieces of, of artwork meant to commemorate some sort of person or event. But there are monuments of another nature, monuments that are not intended by design. And these are perhaps the ones that are the most memorable to people. They weren't intended as such, they just happened almost by accident. One of those accidental monuments resides right here in town on Fifth Avenue the old Entman's Bakery. So on an evening in November, my colleague Peter and myself and a group of our beloved Burntwood patrons all came together to celebrate Entman's Bakery and to learn about its history and its founder and his family and to share our own experiences of Entman's Bakery and how it played a part in our lives and in our town. And of course, we all enjoyed a heaping helping of Entenmann's Cakes. We hope you enjoy. You all set. Start recording? Yes,
1: wow. Let's see what the, uh, let's take a look what the results are. So everything but the, uh, the Blackout Cake had three, Louisiana Crunch two, Spice Cake two, Raspberry Twists had a two, and then the rest had one, Because
0: uh, it's just so many different cakes.
1: Over 125 varieties. There you go. That's why no
0: one said cookies. Cookies are my favorite. I'll put cookies on there. Hold on. Yeah, right. What's
1: your favorite? Ooh, I have the pop Did anybody put the pop No. Oh my god. Yeah, found- <laughs> yeah. Okay, the moment everybody's waiting for is <laughs> about to happen. Oh that happened with Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Well the moment I've been waiting for. Was that applause for the for the free cake? Yeah. Alright, I, th- I think that, <laughs> let's just call it this is a good end, this is a good conclusion So, um <laughs> I don't think anything that I could possibly say could match a table of free entomans' cakes no, you can't,
2: you, you, know. you don't even
1: try So, uh, uh we're recording today's program and The tentative title is going to be the slow road downhill, because this is going to be a descent from that early peak of our Louisiana crunch cake. And what we were hoping to do today, and the reason that we're not in the history room, is, if if anybody's interested, record some of the stories and memories that we all have of the local landmark Entman's Bakery. And I think that uh, as I uh, tell everybody a little bit about the history of the Entman's Bakery, um, I think people will find the confidence to share their stories after seeing the, uh, the very low standard that I set. <laughs> 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 um, OK, so the, the results are in.
3: Are really?
1: The winner which I didn't expect at all, the blackout cake. <laughs> Coming in second place, uh, spice cake. Yeah! I believe we have a tie for second place. Yeah, the, there's, a two, there's a three-way tie for second place with the spice cake, Louisiana Crunch, yeah! and the raspberry twist.
3: Oh my god, the raspberry
1: Honorable mentions: (laughs) chocolate chip cake.
0: Oh, I
2: remember
3: that. It was like a.
1: Then we have the um, coconut custard cheesecake, the ultimate cinnamon bun, the ultimate crumb cake, devil's food cake, chocolate fudge square, chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, I was surprised at the chocolate chip cookies. That was. uh, Yeah. 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 I was the only one that put it down. No one else. Cheesecake and the lemon and coconut cake. How how many different varieties yeah. of cakes did you say, Entimins? One hundred and twenty-five varieties of cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just getting, getting the cakes. Back, I um, yeah. Yeah. realized. I guess I only thought how many different Entimins cakes there were. I thought maybe five. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there definitely hundreds. Wow, well, I, I underestimated Entimins. Um, so what is your name?
0: Yes, Peter. What is what my, is my you name? Peter, my name is Peter. Peter, Peter. Peter? Yes. Get out of here, Peter. Peter, okay. Peter
1: Square. Yes. There you go. Okay. What is, what is the name of the Maywood? podcast? Yeah. What are we talking right. about? Well, our, the podcast is Brentwood Stories, and we are talking about different topics in Brentwood history, and people can share their memories, their stories, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be giving a little history of Entimans, a little timeline, and if anybody has a memory they'd like to share, I feel free to join us. So William Entman was born in 1876 and started the company in 1898, and this is actually the photograph that appeared in his passport application to the United States and his naturalization application. He um, came from Stuttgart, Germany. And the name that the rest of the Entman family would refer to the original William Entman Sr. as his nickname was Pop. And I can help but be reminded of my own favorite Entenmann treat, the Pop'em. Ah. Do you think there's any connection? No? <laughs> so, um, William Entenmann in Germany worked under his father at his bakery, where they sold cakes and bread, coffee, and they also had coffee and wine as part of their business. And in the United States, he moved to Flushing, and it was a delivery business. And much like you had a milkman, at the time you had a, a bread man who might have been William Entman. And in 1905, that was when his son, William, was about a year old. His son became very sick with rheumatic fever, and the doctor suggested moving to Long Island for health reasons. And... I couldn't help but be reminded of the reason a lot of people originally moved to the Brentwood area, which was for health purposes, like Dr. Ross, who, was, uh, who had a health resort here and was one of the first citizens of Brentwood, he wrote a whole pamphlet about the importance of pine trees and the ocean air for improving ailments like those that the... Young Entiman was suffering, so I was I was wondering about the connection between this family and what will be something what we'll be talking about next week, which is the uh, pine trees of Brentwood. And Pop Entiman, he was involved in the business until about 1924, when his son William took over. After that, he was still involved, but sort of retired and. I was surprised that um, William Entman Senior. He actually lived until 1976. He was 95, and in 2006, he was actually inducted into the Bakery Hall of Fame. Wow. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's that's a very. That's a great honor, I guess, being inducted <laughs> into the Bakery Hall of Fame. But I, feel, I almost feel like that's kind of late because uh, if anybody would be at the bakery hall of fame <laughs> who else right well, when was the bakery hall of fame established that's <laughs> true yeah i need to look into that <laughs> it could have been established that year it could have been a charter member charter member i think that i think that makes sense
0: publicity play he actually founded the bakery hall of fame
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i should have read the fine print founded by william entomon And then we had Junior, who took over the business in 1925, who was the reason that the Entenmann family moved to Bayshore. Um, And his original job was as a driver delivering the bread and cakes. There was a great article that had this photo of their 1936 fleet of delivery trucks. And one of the cool things about Entenmann's that made it so important in bakery history, is learning about all the innovations that they had. And one of them was the way that they would deliver their product. It was a little later, but they would uh, also start delivering to... Eventually, they'd stop delivering to homes and deliver directly to supermarkets. And, you know, you go into the supermarket and pick up the uh, baked goods. But even that innovation directly delivering to the supermarket hadn't been done before, so that was a huge advance, and the delivery, the drivers for the Entimins company received a commission for delivering to the different supermarkets, and at a very early date, which was the uh, in the 1940s, they were advertising how an Entimins driver could make $50,000 in commissions. So that was a tremendous career. Um, And then in 1934, when they really started to expand, um, they purchased the Wraith Bakery in Bayshore. So um, (laughs) I heard that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is the, uh, I don't know who that is. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: um saying somebody's father So that's like that's uh, one of the stories of uh, Entimans growing popularity. It started to become so popular in the 40s and 50s. And one of the um great stories was that a lot of um, Rich Long Island families and New York families would buy entimans and even if somebody was having a dinner party, some of these families included the Vanderbilts and the Morgans. And one of the stories is that they would set out a nice uh, butter all lo- butter loaf cake. And uh, nobody would be any the wiser about who had baked it. <laughs> That's something I should have mentioned, too, some of the origins of some of the Entenmann's products. The uh, pound cake, the all uh, butter loaf cake, was um, one of the big successes that the original Entenmann senior had so that's that's like the uh, original product. I kind of thought that the um, I kind of thought the chocolate chip cookies were the uh, one of the oh, main products, but they actually, yeah, they actually wow. they were in, they came into supermarkets in the 1970 mm-hmm. and that was uh, supposed to have been the first time that chocolate chip cookies were available in that format. Um, and then there was this 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 story was kind of disturbing because this is at a time when they still had um, deliveries to the home for the Entenmann's products, and there's this one man who was obsessed with the Entenmann's crumb cake, and he would keep um, calling and having them delivered to his house, to his home address. Every week, he would have the Entenmann's crumb cake. He was obsessed with it, but um, I can't remember what the guy's name was, but he, I guess he didn't want to know um, uh, who he was or something, because he'd always give the Antimans uh, delivery people, he'd always say, uh, "Say who is this? And he'd just give them an address, and he uh, this is a photograph of the suspect. Um, he would say, uh, old blue eyes, it was an alias. Mm. Very fishy. <laughs> are, you, are you serious,
3: are you,
1: are you just, I mean, geez? No, I, uh, yeah. n- I mean that you, you no, so, no, right? yeah, he actually, he's actually a huge fan of the, uh, <laughs> I have to make some sort of signal when I'm joking. So Frank Sinatra was the most was the most famous and ardent fan of the uh, Entimans crumb cake, and uh, he, one of the notable stories is that he'd always have them delivered to his house every week. Now. Um, William Entomian Jr. actually he died in only 1951 at age 47, and his wife Martha, who had been a secretary at the company, and um, they married at only age 19. Martha took over, and she had three sons: Charles, Robert, and William William the Third William, but. At first, her three sons were serving in the military, so Martha ran the company on her own for a while. And one of the cool things is that some of the innovations were actually (laughs) invented by Martha at this time. The cellophane on the box that was at the supermarket, so you could see the cake, that was invented by Martha and her sons. And um, this great picture which uh, was on the uh, Entman's website, I think uh, shows them brainstorming. <laughs> the uh, deli- direct delivery to supermarkets, that was at this time. And in 1970, they had the, uh, the chocolate chip cookie and other products. And then here we have the uh, three sons standing by the factory. Yeah. So the factory itself... The, uh, the beginning of the reason for constructing the factory sort of started in 1946 when in April 25th there was a fire of their previous buildings and bakeries and some of the local shops and the um, Entimans Bakery burnt down. And that was originally in the papers said to have been $200,000 worth of damage. Eventually it was 400000 And so they started realizing that they needed to expand and find a new place to begin producing their products. And so in 1961, they constructed the factory on Fifth Avenue and that started out as five acres and it was the largest bakery factory in the United States. And eventually it would expand to beyond 10 acres. So, um, you had asked about the purchase of Entomins, and one of the interesting things is that although the family continued to be involved, it was sold over 30 years ago for the first time. Um, in 1976 that was when they first had the IPO where they were trying to sell part of the company to raise money, and what they wanted to raise money for was to expand beyond New York and beyond some of the places in Florida where they had had products before. And so, in 1978, they f- sold the company to Werner Lambert for $233 million. And the Sons, however, would continue to be involved until they retired. Um, two of them. Two of them?
3: Just two. Charlie never came back. I never they sold broke I never sold
2: Because anymore. he was
3: against selling it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: He was outvoted, he never set foot in there. That's right. That's interesting. Um, because when I I had read about them, it, Robert was the president, and Charlie had been the uh, secretary of the company, right? right. He was vice
3: president, mm. and William was the secretary. Mm. Yep.
2: Charles was never yeah. to be found. Oh, I interesting. Never, I was there 30 years, I never saw him one time. Hmm. But you saw Robert. Yeah, William, the other all two the t- came
3: back as advisors. Right. William, uh, Robert kept an office up there. William would just come in
0: once in a while. But, uh, yeah. Charlie, no, he, he wanted no part of selling that place. Uh. So you just stay out of the secret from the home. Yeah. <laughs> I think it no, had something to think. do with the IPO business.
1: He had something to do with when they, when they went, oh, when, it. Like when it when it the, it the, it the it company
2: went from, from private to under Warner Lambert. Yeah, I think that's
1: when the problem starts. Because he wanted to keep it in the family. Sure. Yeah. Very interesting. Wow.
3: Hmm. So when when Warner bought the bakery, the, they promised the employees they were going to make that the biggest bakery in the world, yeah. <laughs> and the first thing they did was sell it.
1: Mm. Well, that I think the reason that the Entimans sold the bakery was because they were hoping to be able to get advertising and things like that. Is that, I guess that's what. It's already there. Oh. Uh, hmm. Interesting. It was
3: getting so big that they, you know, that's what was happening. They were, some of them were overwhelmed. This is
2: Antidamon's. The Warner-Lambit, as a company, wasn't really aligned with what Antidamon's. They were, they were, they were, they
1: yeah, (laughs) very interesting, this is
3: They had a place in Florida, they already had a place
1: in Chicago, Chicago, right
3: And the up California, so it wasn't that, uh, it was just, I think it was getting, Mrs. Entenmann was getting older and, and, and they had just, I think they just wanted to have the pressure
0: taken off them. Are you able to hear any of this, Peter? Actually, yeah, I'm getting that pretty oh, good. Oh, great. Is, is it okay if I incorporate this into sure. any sort of recording I do? Yeah. Okay, good. excellent. So that that saves
1: me having to ask you later. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I think this is the best way to uh, ha- get people to tell their stories. I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll just say all these falsehoods and people will <laughs> correct me. Yeah. Very good. So, um... Yeah, it was sold a number of times afterwards, and then um, the uh, Grupo Bimbo, which was a, a Mexican-owned bakery company, purchased it in, 29th, in 2009, and then in 2014, the bakery uh, finally stopped production. Yes, and be sure it's still... Ex- <laughs> if, it, if it stopped completely, we'd, uh, we'd need a good, a better explanation for what we've been eating. <laughs> But we're talking about the Bayshore location today. I was also going to make some mention of um, all the different ways that Entemans had been involved in the community. And, of course, providing jobs and a place for people to go was a big part. But one of the really interesting stories was the uh, YMCA in Bayshore, which was supported by Charles Enteman. I was talking about um, people's memories of Entimens, and I was asking my mom about her memories, and she said, "Oh, you know, when I was in high school, the pool actually on the wall said Entimens." And then she started to remember, wait, maybe that was the YMCA that we went to that the the pool the pool said Entimens, and so uh, <laughs> we're trying to remember if Entimens sponsored high schools, um, but Charles Entimen for one, he. Um, was very involved in supporting the Bayshore downtown area. And when he, people were raising money to uh, put together a YMCA, he was insisting that it be placed in Bayshore in order to reinvigorate the area. Um, well, there was also um, William the Third, who was very involved in uh, the northwell health and lij and there's also the Entman's run and then ah uh, here we go this was a very interesting piece of trivia i thought which is that um robert Entman, after his retirement he sort of returned to the original family business in the fact that he started a winery, and the Martha Clara brand of wine is actually named after his mother, Martha, who was so influential in um, shaping the Entimans business. Ah, two other interesting things that I forgot to mention. Um, when I was talking about community, for a long time um, in the 40s, Entimans also sponsored baseball teams, local baseball teams, and... When we we're talking about the delivery routes, how that was such an important part of their business, the home delivery. The second William Entiman, there are local articles detailing his uh, sort of, I guess you'd say, run-ins with the police. Because at one point, the Farmingdale police didn't want him delivering bread there. Because uh, I guess it was outside of um, their, the, his where they felt his jurisdiction should be. And... One interesting fact about Entimins that uh, makes it very culturally important, I'd say, too, was um, that it was not just a beloved snack for everybody, but it was also a beloved snack for many Jewish people. And it had the um, kosher seal on it. And there was a big controversy when the Grupo Bimbo purchased the company because uh, it was no longer officially kosher for a while. They removed the kosher seal. And I know that one thing when we mention Entiman's and we t- people talk about their memories is whether it has changed in any way. And I, so that's a controversial question I thought I would ask. If anybody feels like since Entiman's bakery has moved, do you feel like it's any different or you um, feel like it's the same as always? Big difference?
2: Different in what
1: way? So. The taste? Quality.
0: Quality. taste? quality. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Quality's not the same. Oh yeah. Size
1: is not the same. Size is not the same.
3: Yes. Well, the and variety, variety is not the same, the same as it was.
1: There's less variety? Less
2: variety,
1: mm. yes. Much
3: less And anyone does put out outlets. There yeah. There's no small outlets
2: like pointing on
1: Colmette. Where I know Kathy. Huh. It's an Yeah. Does anybody think it's better now? No. Why not? No,
0: very well. <laughs> That's
1: going to be the controversial question, and uh, Peter, that was your memory, right? The outlet.
0: Well, my uh, my memory was of um, on the outlet in Fifth Avenue. Yes. Yeah. And going there as a kid, and we would all—and I think a lot of us have the, the similar memories to this. In fact, where you would go and you'd seek out those different lines mm-hmm. on, yes. on the packages, and you had like yes, the black right. line, and the red line, yeah. and uh, as as I've been reminded from some of my fine folks over here, um, the the black line was the buy one get one, mm-hmm. was it? And the red was the red line three for five. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They also had a. Um, uh, a stand at Rose Oil Field Raceway. Oh, at the
2: uh, flea market. So as a kid, it was like a big thing because for five dollars, I could get you know three packages of whatever I want, and most of the time, it was the donuts. <laughs>
3: when, when I was a kid growing up, Entenmann's was an exclusive to like this area. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, yeah. nobody outside of like here had was eating it because you really couldn't see it in the supermarket that much. At least the big ones around here didn't have intimates. We were lucky we had the intimates down the street. We could go straight to the factory. Yeah, but you know, you didn't see it in the supermarket probably until like the '70s or '80s. You yeah. started seeing yes. yes. no. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. so like yeah. yeah. not, not like a it's, really it's, But
2: you got to understand something. There was the bakery here, right? And then they opened up different yeah. depots,
3: right? And they right. had the outlets. They, they started opening outlets. They're out in uh-huh. Nassau County,
2: you uh-huh. uh-huh. know, out of state,
3: right?
2: What? North. They
3: were the '60s. Sorry. Was
2: pretty much an eastern Seaboard thing. Like if you were in California, no. Well we, had, really we had had a production facility in Florida. Okay. We had a production facility oh, in, in right. Chicago. Okay. And so then the one in California. Like oh. California. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right, but here it wasn't it wasn't a national company really. It yeah, was more exactly. like regional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it went. You're right. Down the East Coast by having Florida, you started, you know. Yeah. And then it came out. Um, close to Midwest. But we also went up in Canada, too. And I don't
3: remember the Mississippi River. Near Canada. I was right Eating it, eating it. That's right. It was... Right here.
1: So do we have any... It seems like we have some people here who actually worked at Yes. Has anybody, has anybody worked at Entenmann's here? Show him
2: there, Oh, wow. He uh, worked there. worked
3: a How many we got? We have
0: one, two, three,
1: four, five, six, seven. Seven, wow. Would anybody who has worked at Entenmann's like to uh, join us and tell us a little bit about um, their memories, if they have any stories they'd like to share? When I started in
2: 1980, my first job, was I worked in production control, and I had to write the schedules for the whole entire bakery. No computers, we didn't have computers, all handwritten, all handwritten. Uh, And we had about, what, eight ovens, eight, nine ovens, and a cookie oven, and fryers upstairs for the donuts, and I had to write for each. For instance, oven oh, one was your Danish. You talked about raspberry twist. Yeah. I mean, raspberry twist, walnut twist, 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 twist. Oven two did puffs, apple puffs. Remember those? You know, cheese, uh, cherry uh, strips.
1: I don't remember the apple puffs. Oven
2: seven did the rings. Oven eight did the crumb cake. Oven three did the loaves, Wow. What did the squares? Oven five did your Louisiana crunch. Oven seven did pies. Right? And that's your seven. Then you had a you had a a cookie oven. Yeah. You know, a cookie oven and and then of course you got your fryers, which were upstairs. That's your donut fryers. And you had three of those. Do you remember when the Louisiana crunch was invented? Yeah, it was probably invented I got there in nineteen eighty. It was invented in the eighties. Huh. It was. It was but you see you talk about certain you got to remember also is another thing like certain items are seasonal You can't put in those trucks When the temperature was like 95 out and those trucks had no air conditioning Even the newer ones didn't and certain cakes for instance like filled blackout cakes was a prime example. Oh yeah, that was only made in the colder months. You know, in the fall, because it's cooler. But you couldn't make it in the summer, so it wasn't made. So if you're looking for it, you weren't going to get it. All right. See, so yeah. That's the way you, you got to think. That's the way things work. Things like like Danish items, those are the lowest codes. You know, but loaf cakes had a seven-day code, so it would last a week. You can make it on Monday, didn't have to get picked up till the following week. You can make it on Tuesday because it carries the weekend. You can make it on Wednesday, Thursday. You can make it every day. Certain cakes
1: you couldn't. And those sprinkled Pophams, they, they didn't used to have them all year. Donuts had a three day code, so. But now they do. I'm sorry? Now they seem to have them all the time. The sprinkled Pophams? I don't know. Yeah, like the Pophams. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. and thens
1: another
2: here's another little secret
1: for you yeah, okay
2: Anthemins didn't make everything Oh no we used we used to we used to what they called um what's the term um, yeah I mean we didn't make, like like for of the Chicago plant like this time of the year this is this is the time of the year where people want um uh, what do you call that Christmas thing Um uh, uh, I forget what cake. We couldn't make it in Bayshore, but they made it in in Chicago. So you have to ship it out.
1: But well, wasn't there an Entenmann's in Chicago? Fruitcake. Oh, fruitcake. So fruitcake. Did they make fruit fruitcake? We, yeah, they had
2: small ones. Yeah, but, yeah, but I don't remember if we... We, we, made we didn't make it in Bayshore. It. it was made, made in Chicago. It was made, oh, yes. It made in Chicago, I think. Hmm. I
3: was going to tell you something that everybody in this room might be surprised about. Oh, yeah. It was one of the great things about... When I started working there, I thought this was, I, I would land it in heaven. And
1: would,
3: <laughs> you'd go there and, you know, at the start of your shift, and you'd see what the production order was for that day. Right. Right, and you'd be supposedly from eight to four, let's say, your hours. If you finished what they wanted you to do at 12 o'clock, you got to go home. Oh, nice. You got paid for the whole day. Yeah. Yes. Wow. See, he
2: worked in the plant. I was in. I was in the office.
3: Oh, okay. I was upstairs. And you
2: got to also remember, different items are made at different speeds. Loaf cakes was the fastest item. You can make a hundred a minute. Hundred a minute, depositing it packing it and sending it on its way would you say
1: the loaf cake is like the signature loaf thing
2: loaf cakes is that,
1: is that like the main the signature product of entomans yeah, i mean you know, there's
2: a there's a lot of signature chocolate donuts signature item you know oh yeah, yeah. You know, single, all but a loaf they called it yeah but you can make those were 100 a minute but then when you a lot. get when you had to get to areas that need, uh, certain items were done by hand, you know, they would come down, but they had people called finishers, and those people had to, all these things in their hands, and by, they knew how to do that, had the skill. To put the icing on in such a way, has to be done by hand. How many, you can't do those at a hundred a minute.
3: Those were oh, done yeah.
2: at around 30 a minute.
1: It seems like uh, some of the people here actually met some of the entomans. Yeah. yeah, the Entiman family, yeah. yeah. How, who Who's met one of the Entimans?
3: Yeah. I used to work at their houses.
1: Oh, wow. They knew us by name. They an
3: electrician, and uh...
1: they wouldn't know us by name. What, what I
3: know? wanted to ask him. you. mentioned, you know, like, um, hmm? Last month, they, sure. they just had another reunion at Miller's Ale House. There were like 80 people there, but the uh, oh, wow. the oldest employee, oh, he showed yeah. up Joe yeah. there. Like, yeah. 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 He started there in 1955 right. yeah. when they had to look around He used to work right yeah. alongside you know, Charles and Robin Antriman and William, yeah. making the cake by hand, and he's, he was still around,
1: and he, he showed up as he still Yeah, sure. Oh, wow. Dino, sure everything employee. was by hand. We by should We should talk to him, too.
3: That's the guy
1: that you know. He's living history. Yeah, we should talk to him. Started
3: in 1955.
1: You know, it seems like the um, the Entman's brothers were so um, dedicated to the business. And one of the um, there was a Newsday article that I think mentioned Charles Entman. One of the things that said about him was that he could tell all the ingredients in a chocolate chip cookie as soon as he tasted it. Well, we
2: used to have we used to pull they used to pull product off the lines. <laughs> and they would call all supervision, I was part of supervision from all respective departments to meet in in a room and they'd have it all lined up on the table and we we would each take a taste of whatever is being made on that shift. Mind you, there's a three shift operation, 24 six. The six, the reason it wasn't a 24 yeah. seven is because on the one day, they washed the whole place down, right? Yeah. The whole place, the Saturday. hoses would come out. Yeah. I mean, and the floors were, you know, wet. They ha- every oven had to be cleaned and stuff like that. But anyway, and we would taste it, and sometimes William was there. Wow. he'd be there too. You know, I mean, and we we cut it and we check for the grain, we check for the taste, we check for how it looked, so on and so on. And you know, what do you think? Well, what do you think? What do you think? You know, and then we'd mark it. And, you know, because sometimes, like on loaf cakes, as a matter of fact, you could cut it and it could have like a little hole in the middle. Oh. Not bad. Bad nuke. Why would it have a little hole in the middle? Something in the baking process, something Uh, in the 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 ingredients. I mean, when we went computerized with the ingredients and everything, if you walked into the bakery, we had, you you saw the picture, those silos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you had eggs in some of them, you had milk in some of them, you had flour in some of them, and that stuff all got. The computer room was kind of up in the up in the in the roof of the place.
3: Because
2: that was part of my when I was in production control, that was part of our department, and you'd have a big thing on the wall with all the lefts and the rights. And if you walked in the bakery, you would see pipelines going like all over the place and that's with diverters and it would go make a, it would know to make a left here make a right here to go over there wow over there
1: what year was that 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 was set up the computer was,
2: i got there in 80 we went computer pretty close to around that time you oh know, you know pretty close to around that time you know maybe a little bit beforehand
1: so and, oh and uh well, the, did everybody think the computers were like an improvement of the old oh, so fashioned system? I mean, you know, uh,
2: you know, I mean, I mean, product, and then you know, we'd have to wash the lines might have to be washed out. Oh yeah. And we'd have to start all over again. And, and, uh, I mean, and
1: oh uh, yes.
3: I just want to say, as an employee of Entomex, I was very proud
1: definitely. and very yeah. happy
3: to
1: work for them. Oh, definitely. And we, we were very proud. Yes. And we
0: I don't think we could have asked for a better first episode of Brentwood Stories. Peter gave an amazing presentation that was made better thanks to the participation of our equally amazing audience. To everyone that attended and shared, we would like to extend our heartfelt thank you. And to all those listening at home right now, if you like what you just heard, tell a friend and follow us online. And a special thank you to the Brentwood Historical Society for their hand in making Brentwood Stories a reality. Have a good evening. Be sure to join us next time for Episode 2 of Brentwood Stories, Brentwood in the Pines.